This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. Ball in, ball out. A hoop ball presentation. Welcome back, folks, to your favorite Lakers podcast. My name's Eric Noble, here with Eli Bauman. Hey-o! Good morning. We're we're one day removed from Kobe Bryant's retirement and an exciting uh, Warriors-Lakers game, so we got some stuff to talk about. The double jersey. The double jersey. Never been done, because it's a weird idea. (laughs) So, we got to dive into this. Uh, Kobe has been a part of our lives for 20 years. That's right. Almost the entire part of it that I remember. So, our original plan was to have Laker hater Sonny on here, because... I figured that's what Kobe would want. If he yeah. would he would want a hater on this podcast. That's right. To commemorate his career. That's right, Eric. But we couldn't do it and Kobe left his own retirement game early. <laughs> that's right. <an> aborted. <laughs> so there's a lot of aborted plans going on. We'll yeah, have Sonny on here another time. But it was I thought it was fitting that the uh, premier Laker hater Sonny uh, pulled an anti-Kobe and couldn't play through the pain. <laughs> Uh, he was feeling a little bit ill and just couldn't couldn't show up to work today. So we're calling out Sonny already. Calling, calling out, out Sonny. But we'll get him back on here, Kobe too. Kobe hates uh, quitters, and so do we. And Sonny, as a, a Laker hater, just couldn't couldn't handle it. Couldn't play it. Couldn't put up the flu pot. So you're, you're on notice, and we'll get you back on here to uh, yeah, give to us defend the, yourself. the hater perspective on Kobe. <laughs> so let's uh, we'll, we'll get there. Let's dive into the Warrior game first. Yeah, there was a game for us to lose, and, and we were really committed to losing this game. How committed? Break it down, Eli. Well, I, we were Eric and I watched the game together um, in solidarity, and we kind of were like, "Wow, we're really giving this game away in just almost every conceivable way." And then, and then it was kind of schmucky because then it was like, "Oh, we're actually going to steal this game from them." Because Clay Thompson was like, couldn't make a shot. Durant, though, I think he ended up with like thirty six points, but it was like a very Kobe-esque road to 30, 36 points. I think he took like 30 shots. So, first of all, it was a trash game. Both, it was a garbage game. Both yeah. teams did not play well. That's right. There were so many loose balls and weird plays and turnovers and fouls. It just didn't look like a pretty game. No. We didn't uh, even know how to jump ball correctly. Like, Julius Randle fouled a guy on a jump ball. So, and then... Um, yeah, it was just it was it was a weird game, and then we we couldn't even beat them when they didn't have Steph, when they didn't have Draymond, right. and Clay and Durant went f- like a combined like eight for forty two. That's right, and and, we still, and we still lost. Yeah, so that's and they didn't have Sean Livingston. It, yeah, or Zaza. Yeah, I mean not that he's great, but yeah, right. they didn't have three of their five starters. That's right, and we lost. That's that's right. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't great. Yeah, I I think. And we talked about it a little bit, like, I do think I'm starting to notice that our team is just, like, plays differently when they're on the road. There's, like, a different level of focus. I think, like, collectively, they're just, they get a little bit, like, they they play like they're scared to lose when they play at home a little bit. And I think, like, Lonzo in particular, um, until the fourth and overtime, kind of played in that usual, like, my dad's watching me get kind of style. I think was like Kobe there in the front row with like his many children. Well, he wasn't there in the front row for the overtime, and that's when Lonzo came came alive. That is written on my page <laughs> as literally like dad left and the team started to play well. So, so yeah, what yeah. did you think of Lonzo in the fourth, the end of the fourth and overtime? What what stuck out to you? Well, and I mean, I want you to actually get into it because I think. First of all, like this, this is I'm gonna start with the facts, Eric. These are just facts. Lonzo in his last seven games is averaging 12 points 
on 46% shooting and 38.5% from threes. He's hit three three-pointers in each of his last three games. He's a real player. A thing has happened, guys, which is that um, the thing that we kind of, and I will defend us on this podcast, we were like, just be patient with this dude. He's 20, and he's just starting out, and he has more pressure than any 12-year-old that's like ever started in basketball, maybe for the last, since LeBron, but maybe since Kobe was a rookie. And he's just starting to figure it out. He's He, he needs to just keep shooting, and... and Eric, let's talk about the one shot. That well, so yeah, there, there, there are two things that stuck out to me. We'll, we'll start off with the shot. So he never shoots mid-range jumpers. Never. It's always a three or a drive. A block drive. A block drive, which I'll get into. That's my second point. But the, 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 the you never see a mid-range jumper. Somehow he pulled one out. It was I don't know if it was the fourth quarter overtime. But it, we, we, we both were mouth agape because it was... It was a normal-looking jump shot. It, it was pretty. It was pretty. And it didn't come like Benny from Total Recall when he unveils his little claw from, like, out through the left side of his body. It, no, like, actually went straight up. It went straight up. It had, like, a nice little wrist flick, and it was it was so pure-looking. And we needed it. It and, was clutch. Yeah, it was clutch. He, yeah. And he shot it on the way up, like a good a yeah. jump shot. Is <laughs> So can he ever do this again, or was it just, like... A, a freak, one. a one-off. Like if we'll never, ne- we'll, we'll like they'll make like a thirty for thirty on like the one pretty shot Lonzo ever shot and made. I hope so. I mean, even if it never happens again, I'll remember that moment and hold it dear to my heart. I felt like we were uh, John Voight in uh, Zoolander. You have a lot of great references tonight, by the way. <laughs> like when he was watching, like when when Derek Zoolander pulls out Magnum. And John Voight just like looks like Magnum. <laughs> it's like it's beautiful. It really was. Like I beautiful. never thought we would see this look, and he pulled it out. It kind of well, interesting. Sean Livingston didn't play. It kind of looked like a yeah. Sean Livingston mid-range jumper where You're he right. shoots kind of up high for, on the. You know, I saw that someone had tweeted this, so this was not my idea. But apparently, like Kobe gave Lonzo a hug towards the like end of the. I think coming out for the second half, and mm-hmm. that like Kobe had pulled, or sorry, Lonzo had pulled like a. Space Jam and absorbed Kobe's powers, which I thought was kind of accurate because it was that the way he kind of like picked out a spot on the court and then like got there and then like totally confident like rose for a jump shot reminded me of the way Kobe used to kind of like scalpel his way around the court and be like, that's my spot, I'm going to get to it, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Exactly. And that comes with time, just repetition. Yes. But even his three-pointer point shot looks so much better. So much better. Um, He's shooting it with confidence. Yeah. So this is my second point. Um, He's getting blocked so much at the rim. So much. And here's my theory on what's... Well, here's my theory on what's going on. All of the other times, probably in high school, growing up, in college, he was taller relatively to everyone right. else. Yeah. So he never had to learn to use his body to protect his shot. Yeah. That's All true. smaller guys, like me playing point guard, like I always had to run into someone when I like jump and when I was driving in order to get my shot off. Right. To protect it. He never had to learn how to do that. Right. But now That's he's playing against a lot of taller guys. He's going to have to develop that. I hope, <laughs> I hope that will come. We need it because he get he yeah he he doesn't understand that these guys are just on a different level and they're going to close that gap. Maybe in college you could get away with it because those guys didn't know where to position themselves. Like David West is like four thousand years old, and just you knew you knew the second he turned the corner, you're like, it's either going to be Durant or David West is going to block this shot. And it was a good shot. It was the right basketball play. He's just got to pull that like he's just got to lean into someone and then like shoot it. I, I call it the Ron Harrell. Ron Harrell was a friend of mine from college who's Israeli and guys in Israel who are usually short um, but can be athletic do a move. It's the most annoying people to play against because when they drive, sorry, I'm making a super stereotype, but it's okay, I'm Jewish, uh, jump into you with their bodies and lead with their heads. And I used to always yell at Ron Harrell because he would put his head into my chin. But that's what you have to do. And that's exactly what you have to do. And by the way, he always got off his layup and usually made it, and it was super annoying. Um, so speaking, the wrong Yeah, shout out to Omri Caspi. Who killed us? Killed Omri us. Caspi killed us. Killed us. Took us all the way from Tel Aviv to Haifa. There were two players that just dominated us. It was Omri Caspi and who else was... Oh, uh, Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney. Not Kevin. Kavon. No, Kavon. Who, I know, UCLA's own, which was... 
added a little insult to injury. Uh, anything else strike you about the game? Yeah, a couple a couple things. Um, first of all, Kuzma, 25 points and a, a really nice right hook, which I really liked in, in front of Kareem. You really just don't see that sky hook anymore. Nah, he's pretty much the only guy in the league who does it. And it's it's a hard shot, and he it's, just he makes it most of the time. Yeah, and he had he also had that big three at the end of the game. I just I just like him. I think the other I guess wait you like him? Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Eric. Really, but I really like. Him. Oh, okay. Really, Newsflash. I really into him, and I think he has potential. And I may or may not own a sweatshirt that you bought for me <laughs> with his picture emblazoned on it. Um, a couple bad things, but one I'm gonna spin good. Uh, Free throws, we just suck at this. Like, at this point, I'm so mad. I feel like we missed 13 free throws, and it cost us the game. Yeah. And now people are, like, really missing them. Yeah, Brooke Brooke Lopez is leading the charge with that. He straight airballed. Airballed two in a row. The the game prior, I guess, against the Cavs. And then barely hit the front of the rim in this game. Barely. And Ingram looks lost. Um... Randall actually looks okay because Randall's just Randall's not a very good shooter of them, but he's just going up there and winging it. Yeah. Um, but we just like collectively, this is embarrassing, and we're losing actual games because of it. We're sixty-seven yeah. percent on the season, which is really bad. Um, you brought up Brooks. I just want yeah, yeah, want to touch ahead. base on yeah. him real quick. It's it's it. He looks like a complete. First of all, he's hurt. I hope he gets better real quick. Yeah, but you know what? Take your time, bro. Healing. <laughs> I want to really take a conservative approach to your healing process. You, you want to make sure all the tendons are we perfectly gotta good. We got to cross all T's and dot all the I's on this. You're really concerned about his, his the think, health of that ankle, Eric. I don't even think he should have a second opinion. I think he needs like a sixth and seventh opinion. Really? Okay, it's that that bad. I think it's a really well. Look, we, we're not going to know, and I think once the consensus of 48 doctors comes through over over a few months. I just think he should really he should catch up on his TiVo. So this is crazy that we're wanting one of the most dominant big men from last year to have a prolonged recovery so that other people on our team can get minutes. This is crazy. Yeah, it, I'm straight up going to tell you I really don't enjoy watching him play. Okay, I <laughs> t- break that down and then I'm going to give the counterpoint. Okay, good. Um, he's a, a shooter who doesn't shoot particularly well at the moment. He's lost his confidence. Um, defensively, he's all right. He's a good rim protector if he's there, but I feel like if he's not exactly in the right position, he's not great at it. He can't um, rebound. He doesn't really fit into... Yeah, he doesn't rebound, uh, which is a cool trait for a seven-footer. He... Um, there are... Honestly, part of it is just like, there are guys I'm much more interested in watching. I like watching Julius play. I am interested to see if Larry Nance can play some of that five... I want to see my boy Thomas Bryant play. He's tearing up the the South Bay Lakers. You said he had a good three point shot. Apparently, wow. apparently right. he's like leading the like whatever the G League, and I met, which I, I will call the G League forever. <laughs> um, and I wonder if uh, Bogut's going to get some more time. I like Bogut too. At least I know what Bogut can do well. Whereas I, Brook Lopez, I know what he's supposed to do well, and then I watch him not do it well. Go ahead, counterpoint. Here's my counterpoint. Just one year ago. He was really good. Yes. Um, so it's not that he just suddenly fell off a cliff. Like, that doesn't really happen to big men especially. Um, he is part of a dying breed that's just, like, not going to exist in the NBA in, like, five years of, of a big man post player. But um, I just think it really highlights to me that the NBA is all about the player in the system. It's all about yeah. the fit. Yeah. And... He's obviously not in a great fit uh, in a good system to use his skills, um, and he just looks lost. Uh, I mean, I, I really appreciate that he is like his heart is still in it. He's really trying. Like you can see on his face, he really cares. Yeah, he looks very. He looks like he gets home after H games. Oh, Brooke, come on, man! You got you can do it, man. Focus. And, but yeah, like very earnestly and like really a nice earnest and, and really frustrated. Yeah, I know. But but he's still really good. It's just it's just it's just weird. Let me make you feel slightly better and and not feel as bad for him. He's making twenty two million dollars this year to feel super frustrated. 
And he can also, I feel like, of guys who w- would enjoy their time off, like, playing Xbox all day and watching cartoons, he seems like that kind of guy. Like, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy whose, like, life will fall apart without basketball. No, I think he tries hard, but he'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to watch Stranger Things Season 2. Going to dive into that, see what Eleven's up to. Like, I think he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. But, I, you know, I just wish it was a... a I wish it, I wish you were doing better. I like him. Me too. But maybe, honestly, like, not trying to be a dick about it for a second... Um, maybe, like, time off will actually help him because we both think he's good. We think he's, like, got skills, but I do think mentally something's going on right now. Yeah. He, he's airballing free throws. Exactly. At a pretty solid clip. Like, let's... Maybe a, a few weeks to recover is not the worst thing. Yeah, I think I think the coaching staff needs to get him to focus on, like, one skill, just like they did with Lonzo, focus on the rebounding. Like, yeah, Lonzo right. needs, like, one other thing. I don't even know what it could be. Like, good screens. Who knows? But <laughs> <Yeah>. something <laughs> yeah. to get him back into the system. Uh, one other just thing of, of note is um, congratulations, Kevin Durant, on being in not one, not two, but three posters last night, including, like, the poster of the year, Larry Nance. Oh, M G. So Stu Lance straight up had like <laughs> he's straight up a jacket. Let's, let's call it out. Yes. Well, he should have on Bill McDonald. That was an incredible dunk. So it was it was a transition play. I think he got like a block or a turnover. He did. To start he, it he off. got the steal. They uh, they went down the court. He was on the right wing. Got the ball. Did like a little hop and then just exploded. Trampolined in the air. He. It seemed like he hung in there for like five seconds in the air. Yeah. And Durant was right under him, tried to go for the block, and it was just that beautiful poster moment. It looked amazing. It was exquisite. It was exquisite. Uh, Stu gave it a full noise. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> the full eject noise. Yeah, that's a, I love that noise. Yeah. Uh, it was just spectacular. He kept going up. Because also, kudos to Durant. I want to say this just like in the culture of like, people trying to avoid embarrassment. I really respect that Kevin Durant tried to block three shots in that half. He tried to block... Uh, Jordan Clarkson dunked on him. Julius dunked on him. And then the third one of those was Larry Nance. I just want to say, like, kudos to Kevin Durant, who's, like, a really good defensive player now. Also, he had some really important blocks in that he game. Did. He, he did. had one on Julius that was a, a you know, a, a sure dunk. And that was yeah. an important moment. Durant looks really good defensively. Really good. Um, and I like that he's committed to it. Yeah. I think he's... He, some for whatever reason, gets kind of left out of the kind of, like, hype machine of, of who the best player in the league is. And I just think, like, it, it's easy to forget. But he didn't have a good game, and he scored 36 points, had key moments, and then hit that the dagger against Lonzo at the end. Which is, you know, to me, one of those tip-your-cap shots. Like Kevin Durant's so good. He's just good. He's just, like, the best player on he's, the court by a lot. So and then he went, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and win this. Anything that strike you about the Durant-Ingram um, matchup part two? Part well, two? it looks a little bit like that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. Um, you know, I think, like, we can only hope that Ingram turns into some iteration of Durant. In some ways, though, their games aren't that similar. Yeah, their bodies are similar. Their bodies are similar, but Durant's much more of a pure shooter. Yes, and Ingram is really, like, one of the best drivers in basketball right now, which is yeah. a crazy sentence to actually say and mean. Um, I guess to me, like, the part of it that's exciting is watching um, Ingram really step up to the challenge of wanting to guard Durant and then doing it very competently. Like, that was a, that, that's as good as you can guard him for a game when he was out on the court. He was into his body. They look similar yeah, I, it just—it's nice to see, and I felt like I feel like Durant respects Ingram, which is nice. What do you? What were your impressions of Ingram's game? Well, I—I I mean, he straight up had a concussion during the game and came yeah. back. Also, Jordan Bell, not a great look, standing over a guy who's concussed. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout out to uh, like the you. Lakers medical staff, just yeah. <laughs> or all medical all. staff in all sports, just ignoring yeah, concussion no one protocol. Cares. No one cares. That's <laughs> just cosmetic <laughs> protocol. Is just that's just so yeah, ridiculous. It's a farce. Um, all right, I think I think that breaks down the the game. Let's dive into what what was really the headliner for last night's festivities. The, the Cobes, Kobe, we love you, Cobes, Bean, Bryant. That's right, Kobe um, and Bryant. 
how do you how do you even sum this up in a nutshell? There's just there's so much to dive into. What angles can you possibly take? Well, first, let's while we're still thinking of the game, let's just I want to say that there are two spectacular Kobe moments from last night's game. <laughs> one, and that you might disagree with me on on one because we had kind of differing viewpoints as it was happening. But I love that for Kobe's halftime commemoration, we all had to sit through. A Kobe narrated and produced video from his second career as a quote storyteller. Should it be any other way, Eli? Well, <laughs> that's perfect. Okay. No, see, okay, so <laughs> that's a very good point. Should it in a like what would I have wanted to watch? I wanted to watch Kobe highlights throughout the, the highlight package. Is it the most Kobe thing ever to have his own work that we all have to sit through as a captive audience? And then go like, oh my god, there he is. <laughs> it was the most Kobe thing you could possibly do. Exactly. So you liked it. it or, or am I putting words in your mouth? No, I think it fit. Um, I actually, yes. I really like the, the, the thing that he wrote. We'll get to it later in the Players' Tribune when he announced his retirement. Do they use the same narration? Yeah, it's, okay, it okay. is. But I, I don't really like the, the cartoon. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a little much. But um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so Kobe, though. Yeah. God bless him. Okay, you want to talk about the other, the second, just the most Kobe thing ever? Yeah, well, it was it was his night, festivities, and <laughs> um, I, he just straight up left. The the, the fourth quarter, the, the buzzer went off, and he just, all right, I'm out. Straight up left. Straight up Irish goodbye his own jersey retirement <laughs> ceremony. Shaq stayed. Shaq stayed. Bill Russell stayed. Everyone. The only time Shaq has ever outworked Kobe <laughs> was on Kobe's Kobe went home early. I mean, uh, trying to be generous about it, I think he does have like a young baby daughter, and you. Yeah, you, I, mean, was... I, have a, I have a feeling Kobe keeps a pretty like tight ship at home of like this is a set bedtime and like Gianna or whatever Italian, lovely Italian name he's given whatever daughter that is. You know, needs her sleep, and I have a cry- he probably had like cryotherapy at like four in the morning. No, he's a busy man. Him. He's he's got a schedule, yeah. But I mean, just it was spectacular. I mean, it, also in his defense, that KCP shot, <laughs> game winning air ball, was probably so gross he had to like wash the stink out yeah. out of his. Even though I I still think that I I'm a believer in don't call a timeout and just try to shoot it. But I don't know that I want KCP. No, it was freeing that. Yeah, that's that's for another time. But I just thought that was so Kobe. Both things were so Kobe. And we were thinking today on the pod, we would kind of maybe run through some, some Kobe highlights of his illustrious career and kind of weird career, maybe some highs and lows. Yeah, I want to I wanna just preface this off, though. Um, I mean, the, yeah. The, the natural way is just to go to the, the top five moments and the, top, the low five moments. But I want to get a little personal on this. Yeah, go. Um, because he's just such a, a part of our formative years. Um, here are my thoughts. Magic was my first love. Yes. Um, and it was... <laughs> Magic was just like me as a naive, pure like love, like a boy looking up to his idol... And Magic was the perfect person to have that with. Like, right. he just has that smile. He's just like that pure sense of joy for basketball. Um, Kobe is not that. That was like my adolescence coming into adulthood. Like, love and life is right. like in really graduation. complicated. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like I both love and really don't like this man. Right. Like, he inspires me and I hate him all at the same time. So it was just interesting in my form of years to have that, like, pure love change to a, a really weird kind of love after, which seems like like real life, in a way. It, it does. It does, sadly, in that. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, this is going to work, but also, like, we're going to have to pay taxes. <laughs> you know, like, I'm really glad we're doing this, but, like, we're going to need a bigger house, and, like, sometimes you drive me nuts, and, like, why are you doing that? And also, like, I love you, and you're the best, and also, like... Just get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, we're both married. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, it's it's the black and white and everything in between of life is Kobe Bryant. Yes. Magic is just like the purest. Pure good, yeah. Pure good. Yeah. Pure boyhood goodness. Though I also, sometimes I wonder, I've been thinking a lot about this <coughs> just in regards to everything that's going on in society, but I wonder if like, 
also just like the 80s and the early 90s, the pre-internet era had a kind of a place where you could fall in love with people in kind of an uncomplicated way. Eli, don't, don't, don't ruin this for me. Let me just, (laughs) let me just hold on to it. As screwed up as this world is right now, I just want to hold on to that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh no, there was, there was, there was HIV, there was cocaine, there was everything going on in the back room. (laughs) Right, yeah, in the, in the the bowels of the forum. But even, even in Kobe's own thing, think about. And I don't want to spend any more time than we need to on the the stuff in Colorado, the the rape accusation and the settlement and all of that stuff. But we need to kind of mention it, even in light of what's going on right now. I just think, like, if that happened today with him, it is a much different... And it was crazy and bad at the time, but Mm -hmm. just the atmosphere right now, it's like, I don't think his his, um, reputation recovers... The way that it did, even in two thousand six, I think that hmm. was like. I just think it there. Even then, things were slower, and you could kind of go through the life cycle of something before it was just like. And I'm not yeah, saying I, you know I'm not saying like we should have. I'm not even saying it's good to have patience or not patience. It's just like it, it was a different time, and that was two thousand six. So the thing about Kobe. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to pick apart in terms of the bad stuff. The the thing at the end of the day that's just so inspiring about him is, like, there's no one who tries or, like, cares about something as much as Kobe Bryant cares about basketball. Amen. And, like, that, to me, just in a vacuum, is, is one of the most awe-inspiring, amazing things. Just, like, the pure dedication yeah. To something. I can't even fathom. I can't imagine it. I can't fathom caring and dedicating myself to one thing more than he has to basketball. Yeah. And as a fan, it was it was just an amazing thing. I think we, t- to some extent, took it for granted. But I think now we're very aware of it. That, like, we never had to worry that he wasn't going to give every single piece of his being to it. And that he was going to play through every injury. That he was going to be the... The most prepared, he was going to try the absolute hardest. Like, we just we got to live that for twenty years. Yeah, and every day, and like that, he was going to give to anyone who didn't do that too. So he he was going to keep everything kind of the train moving in this insane direction all of the time, and that was just like a thing that we got to experience. And and that's what I loved about that poem, the deer basketball thing, like. That spoke to something in me. Like, I loved basketball so much growing up. Like, I would roll up socks and shoot it all the time. Like, I yeah. was that boy. But then it, I, I wasn't a crazy person. Right? <laughs> right. It, 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 was, yeah. it was moderated. And, like, he just kept up that pure attachment to, to, to such a, a, a ridiculous degree. Yeah. Like, that I can't even it's fathom. Hard to fathom. You know what, um, one of my favorite, like, weird Kobe-isms, and I have so many scribbled on this page, who knows that we'll get to them, but, like, one of my favorite things is he loves the movie Whiplash. Yeah. And now, subsequently, like, a lot of basketball players love the movie Whiplash because they fundamentally misunderstand the movie Whiplash. They <laughs> that think, it was, that they it was think not. It's about, like, what it takes to be great, and it's, like, an uplifting story, where it's not. It's about, like, a monster Like torturing. a sociopath. It's yeah. about a sociopath teaching another person that in order to be something, they also need to be a sociopath. And it's and they or endure that and and that ultimately like that's what that is and I just think that that's a funny kind of look into exactly psychology and, yeah and, and and Kobe's belief that you need to have that maniacal dedication is just interesting to me because Magic had the same like love and joy and dedication for the game right but in a totally like pure joy right. form right that's right that's right <laughs> Jordan was the only other lunatic who wore it quite as obviously yeah. One thing I, I I think is funny about Kobe, and I'm curious what you think about this, because I have it written both ways, and I'm not sure which one I believe, but I have phonally authentic and authentically phony, <laughs> and I'm like, I think he's one of those, but I'm not sure which. That, that's a great point. Because yeah. it's like everything is kind of like well-crafted, and you know that he's thought a lot about what he wants you to think of him, but the thing that he wants you to think of him is kind of like, I believe in a lot of ways. Like, I believe that it's artifice, but he also believes it purely. Like, he's obsessive, and he doesn't give a now, 
and he used to be like very image conscious and he's like screw that but he really cares about people knowing that about him exactly <laughs> a lot a lot he really want and he he has cultivated that very that's a great point i think specifically. <laughs> yeah i don't know which one it is but i i think it's one of those it, it's both at the same time should we go through some greatest hits yeah um what are your uh, top 3 moments well um the first one is a, is a bad moment, but I feel like, you know, I was kind of thinking about, like, a kind of superhero origin story for him, because I think that's the kind of bull that he probably also agrees with. <laughs> and uh, I think the Utah series, the four airball series, yeah. is kind of the first, like, iconic Kobe moment. Um, I've just been thinking about that a lot as kind of, like, watching his career unfold and thinking that that experience really defined him so it was basically it was 96 or 97 it was our first playoff series against the jazz uh, it was either his rookie year or second year i think it was his second year and it was it was maybe game five or game six we it was a tight game and come fourth quarter game you know, five game five kobe no one else was shooting so kobe decided to just shoot one shot after another airballing all of them but at the end of the day, he said, well, no one else was taking them. And this is his second year in the league. That's right. That's right. He shot four air balls, three in overtime. Um, this is the quote that uh, Sonny Vaccaro had, which you just alluded to. Kobe said, what? Why wouldn't I be? Someone asked Kobe if he was okay after he missed all the shows. He said, what? Why wouldn't I be? F-? Nobody else was going to take the shot. If that didn't happen, we wouldn't have Kobe. That's right. Kobe became Kobe there. That's right. And, um... You know, I oh, someone had a funny tweet that I think is really right, which is that, like, one of the coolest uh, things for Kobe's kind of, what's that, I'm blanking on the word, but, you know, his legacy is that when any bozo in their office shoots a, a like, a rolled up piece of paper into a wastebasket, they yell Kobe and inevitably miss the shot. <laughs> and I just think, like, that was the birth even though it wasn't a thing yet, that was the birth of yelling Kobe and airballing four times in a row. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that 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 to me is also why I just like hold him in such esteem because I can't even fathom myself being in a situation where I airball once, let alone once, yeah. and decide to do it three more times. Yeah, like that's just mortification. Oh my god! In the in the playoffs, national TV. And to, I, yeah, I just can't imagine having the personality where you don't give two about that. Well, it probably makes you like a well-adjusted human, but probably it has prevented you somewhat from becoming a like meteoric basketball talent. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of my first idea. What, what's one that sticks out to you? What's a Kobe, specific Kobe moment? Um, yeah, I mean, geez, I, so the game seven, Boston Celtics. Yeah, that that seems just like pretty defining. He he, Sonny will will give his own take about this. He was six for twenty. He was six for twenty four. Yeah. Um, just played an awful game, but like you could tell, he just cared so much. Too much, maybe. Probably too much. Yeah, press a little. But what would you say, Kobe is a clutch player? This no. is this is an interesting question. He right? is in my mind. The statistics do not support that he was. And in all of like the big defining games, like that game seven, game seven against the Phoenix Suns, when we ended up losing that series after being up three one. Yeah, there were a lot of big moments where. Uh, yeah. Well, so the, yes, he didn't come up. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is I think when I think of kind of player comps. I think of Kobe and Peyton Manning in a similar thing. Mm. The most prepared, um, obsessive mm-hmm. about their thing. Kind of hard to be on the same team with. But mm-hmm. like you respected them. Not bad teammates. Just like difficult, taxing teammates. Didn't give a shit about their coaches' um, opinions particularly. Um, and were undisputably the best Five people at their chosen profession. Five to ten people at their chosen professions. Mm-hmm. But I think they wanted it so bad sometimes that in big moments it got a little crazy. The difference for me, like Peyton Manning, I'm not a big football fan, but whenever I watch him, I, I kind of don't believe in him. But mm. every time Kobe right. was in the game, like I believed he was pulling through. That's such a good Even point. if the stats didn't bear it out, like 
I know everyone else was terrified on the other team, and right. I was so confident. Right. But that's, okay, so something else I was talking about is just, like, Kobe Mystique. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it's only grown since he's retired, and I feel like this crop of players really, like, idolize him in a way that's kind of nice to see. But, like, Kobe's Mystique was a real thing. And it was a real thing for opponents, and it was a real thing for fans, where, like, I... Exactly what you're saying. It's like, I believed in him to come through, sometimes despite evidence to the contrary. Yeah. And I think that Celtics game, and a lot of things in Kobe's career, we kind of remember it with this tinge that isn't necessarily accurate. Um... And I think that skewed positively and negatively. But like I, when I really think about that series, it's like Pau Gasol was the best player on our team yeah. that series. Yeah. And Ron Artest hit the biggest shot. Yeah. Um, Kobe did hit two really clutch free throws. I remember, which were like that was such a Kobe thing to not be able to make a shot the entire game and then just like calmly sink the yeah like the clinching two free throws in it. Kobe could have, that's the thing with Kobe. He could have missed 50 times in a row, and he and we would have thought he would have made the 50 first. And sometimes he did. Yeah. So we're already pointing out, like, these two inherent contradictions about Kobe. One is the phony authenticity or the authentically phony, and the other is clutch or not clutch. Like, he's everything at the same time. He's everything at the same time. That's right. You, you also mentioned cool versus uncool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I think one, in a kind of, in like, I feel like the peak time of basketball players trying to seem cool, Kobe was so weirdly uncool, and was simultaneously, like, trying way too hard and trying not at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, clearly he was, like, a person who didn't have a normal, like, putting air quotes on normal, but normal upbringing. Like, he grew up kind of in Italy, and then his dad was a basketball player, and then he grew up in, like, Philly suburbs, and... You know, I think it wasn't a classic kind of, like, American upbringing. But so then I feel like there was this part of him that was trying way too hard to, like, prove his street cred, especially at the beginning. Dating Brandy. Dating Brandy. Rapping. The ill-fated verses on uh, Say My Name, Destiny's Child, Say (laughs) My Name, and then this classic. Once again. Once again. This is Kobe Bryant's song K-O-B-E Which his opening lyric is Hold on, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it (laughs) Opening line Uh, What I live for, basketball, beats and broads So definitely Maybe two out of three of those things are true But probably one, mostly (laughs) Yeah and it's just like not one part of that reads as cool or in the moment. That beat sucks. The rap sucks. But he still felt like he had to do it. Yeah. Um, my favorite Kobe cool, not cool thing, which we the were talking glaringly uncool thing. We were talking about it last night. Yeah. We were trying to guess what magazine this photo shoot was from. I think it was Vogue, was it? You're so wrong. And oh. you're so wrong in the best way possible. So you guessed Vogue and I guess GQ. We are so wrong, and it is the perfect encapsulation of my point. That photo shoot, we're, we're talking about the white hot photo shoot for Where Kobe. he looked like a refugee in Somalia. Yeah, he looked like someone who had, who had wandered through the desert from, like, Diddy's white party in Miami. Like, he got lost. Got lost in, like, yeah. Addis Ababa. I call him Lawrence of La Cienega. <laughs> um, like, Amish chic. Weird. I don't even know what. All right, what magazine was this? The L.A. Times magazine. (laughs) Not even just the L.A. Times, but like their magazine spread. Yeah. In the L.A. Times, like the lamest possible. Not even the New York Times magazine. Like the lamest possible magazine you could have that weird spread in, (laughs) which I think is just tremendous. But at the same time, he was so cool. He had the mini fro when it was the just best. The, the, mini fro the, still the dopest. Best. Yeah, he had the coolest shoes. I don't know if you remember the KB eights. They I were. Sure do. I had those pair. Uh, yep. They were. They were great shoes. I remember also. I still to this day have a pair of gray Adidas sweatpants that I bought because I saw it in my friend's room. He had a poster. Nick had a poster of Kobe with these gray Adidas sweatpants. And then I saw them in a store. 
I bought them, and I have them to this day. That must be 22 years. Yeah, I have the same sweatpants. That's right. That's insane. That's, insane. That's a quality <laughs> but, sweat. But they're they're my favorite ever because yeah, you those up, baby. yeah, and I feel like I'm Kobe when I wear them. That's right. Do you yell Kobe when you shoot uh, tra- into a trash bag? <laughs> Absolutely. So other thing, I think like to just let to just ride this home. The fact that Kobe gave himself a nickname is like quintessentially a lame thing. That is like <laughs> that is almost a cliche of lameness. But his nickname is Kick Ass. The Black Mamba is an awesome nickname, and that has like stood the test of time. Like people call, he said Mamba out, and it like wasn't lame. It was cool, but like he gave himself that nickname. Yeah, how did he pull that off? I don't know. I also I think about like one thing I was thinking about is you know like iconic celebrations, and like Kobe has like none, but like so many moments of celebrating. We had that weird like underbite thing that he would do. Yeah, that was weird, but like I kind of like it because it was just like so bizarre and deranged. Awesome. <laughs> and then, like, he had all kinds of, like, weird Jordanisms that were kind of lame, but I also I still kind of liked. And Yeah, but there was nothing purely Kobe. It was it was no. always a semi-Jordan type it thing. It was like the bet, you know, like Steve Perry uh, quit Journey, and then they hired that, like, Filipino guy who sounds exactly the same as Steve Perry. It was like Jordan was that, and, like, Kobe was, like, Filipino Steve Perry. It was, like, great. And, like, if you weren't, if you didn't know better, it would sound exactly the same, but it's, like... It wasn't exactly Steve Perry. <laughs> He's better than that. Yeah. Not, I don't mean to besmirch his character. Um, a couple other just games I want to talk about because we were there. Um, still the best sporting event I've ever been to. We were having an internal discussion with our group of friends, and our friend Josh says that his favorite game was the Celtics Game 7, and we weren't there, so... No. Or I wasn't there. Were I, you there? No, no. So and I, I was not at this game that you're about to talk about. You which, weren't? No. Which, Why do I misremember? I always put you there. I, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Like me, I think Cody, LeVon, and Yeah. Josh. So I love that you're going to bring this up, but it's also going to pain me deeply. Sorry. Um, it's like when I didn't go to the David Byrne Talking Heads concert, <laughs> which I continue to pretend like I was at. Um, the Game 7 against Portland, the alley-oop game, that was... Going back to kind of what you were saying about magic and, like, unbridled joy, that was, like, you know, like, the first half of Goodfellas when, like, things are good and everyone's making mm-hmm. money, and then there's, like, the the, the Latanza heist, and then Robert De Niro kills everyone? All goes to shit. I feel like that was the, that was, like, the highest pure joy moment um, to refresh everyone's memory. Game 7, 2000 against the Jailblazers, which was a secretly awesome team. Amazing. I mean, they were good in the moment, but they're, they've aged incredibly so well as a cool team. Um, and Kobe threw that alley-oop to Shaq, who dunked it home, and then made that just, like, perfect, joy, joyful, like, little kid face. And then we went on to win that series, and then, and then I think another kind of defining Kobe thing that is related to me is that game four of that finals against Indiana, Jalen Rose accidentally on purpose stuck his leg out Kobe rolled his ankle was out for game three and then scored 28 points in game four when Shaq fouled out mm. um, I feel like that's when I was like oh this guy's the best yeah and that was I went to that game six at home when we clinched mm-hmm. I still have the confetti hey um, what anything else stand out to you no I, I mean it's just it's just the one thing that stands out the, the my main takeaway from Kobe is like he ushered me into the weirdness of the world. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, go that's, on. Say more. No, that's kind of what I was saying when we were introducing it. Like he just I, I first had magic and that was just like pure naivety. Right. Naivete. Naivete. Uh, my, my bad. Um Naivety. Yeah. <laughs> naivety is like uh, Kobe's like fifth daughter kind of on the way. <laughs> um but Kobe to me just represents like realizing that the world was just like really weird and complex and just like all of it all of it. So do you feel sometimes like you're walking through the desert of La Cienega and like a white cowl and turtle and deep V-neck? Just wondering what life has in store for With you? With my grace, what Like pants. from a boys to men like music video? Um, a couple of apocryphal Kobe stories I wanted to talk about. Um, one is, this is definitely bull****, but I, it's one of my favorite stories that lives on in our group of friends, which is in the, the I would say the 8-24 and 24 split. Um, the, the, that disastrous year, the final Shaq year, um, 
you know, that was, I think, the, I think that was the worst year that we had as a Lakers team because yeah. we were so excited about it. We got signed Carl Malone, Gary Payton. Um, we lo- got swept out of the finals by the Pistons. Um, Carl Malone called Kobe's wife a Mexican jumping bean after hitting on her. They hated each other. The whole thing unraveled. Shaq was traded to the Heat. And then there were a couple of weird years where Kobe was like, I think, averaged 35 points one year. Yeah. And lost the MVP to Steve Nash. There was the Rajah Bell incident, um, where Rajah Bell clotheslined him. Anyway, this is now many moments, but the one thing that sticks out to me was apparently Kobe demanded... There was that year where Kobe was demanding to be traded. Yeah. And apparently it, like, walked all the way down the path, and... We have a story that is our friend Levon, uh, and hopefully listener <laughs> Levon, knew Slava Medvedenko from just being Russian, I think, yeah. together. And there was a story that Kobe was like, I'm getting the f*** out of here, and I'm taking Slava with me, <laughs> in all seriousness, which is one of my favorite, completely apocryphal Kobe stories. Um, do you know, can you remember why there was a trade on the table of Kobe Bryant? That apparently was awaiting. He had, he had a no trade clause, so all he had to do was sign off on it. Do you know? No, I don't. Who the team was? No, who was it? Chicago Bulls. Okay. They were going to have a package of players that they were going to trade. One player was included on it, and Kobe refused the trade because he desperately wanted to play with this player. And if they were on the Lakers, he wouldn't do it. Some white guy. No. Nope. Okay. Oddly, oddly, not a white guy. Oh, jeez. I also have written on my little paper, Kobe's irrational love of white players. I, I have no idea. Who was this? Lou Waldang. <laughs> it so all comes in the, full in circle. the weird history of Kobe and the Lakers, Lou Waldang being included on that trade is the only reason why Kobe Bryant was not traded to the Chicago Bulls. The, the deal was signed. Wow. He vetoed it. Wow. Out of his love for Luol Deng, a player that is is he even on the team? Is he on our? I haven't seen him on the bench. I haven't seen him on the bench. Is That's a really good point. We don't, we don't even know what's he, going he ain't on. He playing him. for the South Bay Lakers. I'll tell you that. But all right, so interesting that he comes back full circle. Um, yeah. So I think you know, obviously, we're already going on too long, like Kobe's career. <laughs> so <laughs> we should probably wrap up this podcast. Oh, man, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this forever. We didn't even talk just. Just for the point of posterity. Yeah. We didn't talk about the 81-point game, which, by the way, doesn't stand out to me as one of my favorite Kobe games. No. They played no defense. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Well, just, I mean, I was kind of personal about it. What, what did Kobe mean to you in kind of your life and your Laker fandom and, and, and growing up and watching him? It's definitely, he definitely represents the bridge point of my life from childhood into adulthood. Yeah. Because I feel like... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm basically stealing what you said. <laughs> but, you know, I think he... His rookie year was 96, so we were like 14 or whatever. Yeah. And I think, like... For me personally, that's like kind of when things started getting weird in my house and difficult in my house. Um, and, like, I really needed the Lakers to be... As lame as this is, like, I needed the Lakers to be good then. Like, I really did. I needed it. I needed a distraction. I needed to watch... 82 games on prime ticket. In that's Daytime so. Nine. That's so funny. It reminds me of of a year, a season like yeah, six years ago when I was going through this. I really needed the Lakers, and yeah. those 82 games were such a beautiful you, thing. You need them, and you rely on them because you your regular life is difficult, and you kind of want to get out of it. And especially then, when like I couldn't even drive, and like my house was just a mess, mm. and like you know there was something about being able to get excited about that team and. We just got in Shaq, mm-hmm. and Chick Hearn was still calling the games, and I was like, "This guy's really good. Like this Kobe guy's amazing and cocky, and like he spoke Italian, and like I, I was just and I, he was a teenager just like us. He was. I mean, well, I don't know about just like us, but you know, <laughs> he, he was just like us. Yeah, exactly. It's like us weekly. <laughs> but uh, you know, and I do feel like we kind of grew up with him in a way that like we were almost contemporaries. Kobe's a little bit older than us. Yeah, but um. You know, that period of time between kind of like, I don't know, 16 to, I don't know, 35, as sad as it is, is kind of a weird, or let's say 30, is kind of a weird time. It's like your 20s, you're an adult, but not really, and 
I think as to kind of what you were speaking to before is like you're not really a kid anymore. You you understand what's going on, but you don't really have the means to do much about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kobe really was that period of our lives mm-hmm. of the kind of this complex thing that was mature and immature, good but not good, um, focused but also kind of like scattershot. And you know, I think there is some poetry to the fact that like. As, as kind of egomaniacal and weird as it is to retire two jerseys. I also feel like Kobe was kind of like two people. Yeah. His career was really two careers. There was a great undefeated... Art. Did you read the article yeah. on undefeated? I thought that he did a really good job, yes. or whoever did that. I definitely stole some stuff from yeah. from that, from my research. But go on. No, I mean, I think that's that's kind of that's kind of it that it, it was like this part of us where we're both kids and adults. Mm-hmm. We're like... I'm, this is probably hacky, but like we're both like eights and twenty fours, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of trying to bridge the gap from one of those to the next. Yeah, I mean it's just really personal, and it, it is. It really it brought all that up for me, all those feelings up. I love yeah. that you shared that. Yeah, man, um, and I love Kobe. I you know like warts and all. Yeah, and I think that's it's nice to feel that way. I just got chills as. As you said that, it's just like a thank you. Yeah. Almost. It's just like yeah. a really big thank you for so many wonderful and weird moments. Yeah. All right. Well, this this got emotional. Yeah. Uh, I was also I was thinking today, just wrapping up kind of our friendship that like Eric, Eric and I, I took Eric to the Philadelphia All Star Game, <laughs> yeah. which was I think Kobe's first All Star Game, maybe. Or I don't know, maybe it wasn't his first, but it was definitely our first, and it was yeah. his hometown, and they booed him. It was up. his first MVP. And, uh, right, 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 that's right. Yeah. And he, <laughs> I have written down, he took 31, or he had 31 points on 25 shots <laughs> at an all-star game. He was booed relentlessly the whole game, and we, like, loved him. Yeah. And that was, like, I think about that trip, like, me and you, because it was, like, all-Star Games are the coolest, especially when like, we were so young. I have a great photo of me and Mark Cuban where we look like a gay couple. It, it's spectacular. <laughs> I still have it. It's yeah. spectacular. We should, now you well, are a gay couple. It's just it, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll post that photo on our Twitter feed. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, I'll send it to Dan. Wow, I'm such a multimedia artist. <laughs> but anyway, I think, like, I, I also, our group of friends is very tight, and I think, like, the Lakers is a thing that binds us all together, kind of, no matter what, and, mm. like, we talk about them all the time, and, like, you and I have known each other forever, and, like, we had the Magic Johnson, like, number 15, you know, uh, Dream Team jerseys and Kobe Love. And it's just, like, it is as you get older and you start marking off time, you start to think of it, like, we talk about, like, the Sedale 3 era and the Kobe era. And, like, hopefully we'll be talking about the Lonzo Ball era, era and, like, we'll have kids and shit. And, like, it's just, it's a, it's a way that we mark time, which is special to me. Yeah. I'm getting chills. I uh, I love it. I love it. Um, and yeah, I I love Kobe. All warts and everything. Yeah. And it was fun fun talking about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, wrapping this up. Who knows when? What what? Who knows when we're going to talk again? What games are coming up? Yeah, we have the, the the Rockets. Who knows? Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah. But uh, thank you for listening, and we'll come at you again in the near future. All right. All right. Out. Mamba. Mamba out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.